grateful to, to share in this time of worship today and welcome you. We're grateful for the presence of each of you here. I understand many are here in support of the leadership of our children in worship today. That is a gift to us all, and for that gift, we are grateful. For your presence, we are grateful. Just a reminder, we find some registration pads in our pews. If you sign those, it helps us to know of you sharing in worship at First Church this morning. And again, and again I thank you for your presence here. I would remind you of ministries that are before us, especially in this season of Advent. It has been a blessing during this season to gather each Wednesday at noon. We gather here in the sanctuary. Jill provides some organ music. There's been special vocal music as part of the service as well. The word is proclaimed, and there is also a celebration of the Lord's Supper. It takes about 30, 35 minutes. So I look forward to sharing in our fourth midweek Advent service this coming Wednesday here at noon and invite you all to be a part of that. A reminder as well that on Thursday evening at 6 o'clock, there will be what we call a, a blue Christmas service. That will take place in our chapel. The choir will be a part of that service. A reception is to follow in the fellowship hall. But the Blue Christmas service is also known as the longest night service and simply recognizes that in addition to the joy many of us feel during this time of year, uh, there may be also some sadness or, or grief that is highlighted by the fact that everyone else appears to be so happy. Uh, but we understand that this is a sensitive time of year and it may be a year in which we have known some loss or grief and, and we just want to know God's comfort uh, in this season. So with that in mind, you're all invited to be a part of the Blue Christmas service six o'clock Thursday evening in our chapel to Reverend Bonnie Lee Witt, who is director of pastoral care at the local hospital, will also be a part of that service as well. Next Sunday will be the service of lessons and carols. We will have a full orchestra here. Our choir will lead us. There will be sharing of word and music. So I hope you will be a part of that. We will not have the 845 service next Sunday because we, we want the two congregations to be one on this final Sunday of Advent, just two days before Christmas. And a reminder that there will be two Christmas Eve services at 8 o'clock, which will be more family-friendly, friendly, and then the 11 o'clock service, each of the services being candlelight and communion services. I hope to see you there.
Christmas morning. Sing we Noel on this holy day. Sing we Noel on this happy morning. Sing we Noel on this blessed day. Sing we Noel on this frosty morning. Sing we Noel on this Christmas day. Sing we Noel on a new day of dawning. Sing we Noel on this holy as we share in our call to worship. We come to prepare the way. The way of Christ. The hope of Christ, the peace of Christ. To enter our world, to enter our hearts. We cry out together in the wilderness. The kingdom of heaven has come near. We come to be part of the light. The light that shines
may be seated. We are grateful to have the Spencer family, Matt and Shannon, Caden and Dylan, lead us in the lighting of the three Advent candles this morning. You see the sung response before you in your bulletins, and we will share in that response once these candles are lighted. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything. Be prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Jesus is near. Despite the busyness, the pressure, and the assault of our senses that so often passes for Christmas, we have the promise of scripture that Jesus is near. When the shopping drains us physically and the spending drains us financially, and we forget which party we're supposed to attend on which day, when we think we can't stand to hear rocking around the Christmas tree one more time, then we will remember to rejoice and begin rejoice. And we will light a candle to help us remember that Jesus is near. The peace of God will keep us in Christ Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Christmas around the world.
am so glad God keeps his promises. He promised that a savior would be born, and it happened, just like he promised. The entire Christmas season is filled with promise, the hope of something exciting and unknown. I love it. It's my favorite time of year. I'm excited about Christmas, too. But we promised Miss Murphy that we'd work on decorating the class tree. I think we better get started. She left us a box of ornaments. But did anyone bring something of their own to put on the tree? Why did you bring a globe? I've never seen a Christmas tree with a globe hanging on it before. Well, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I thought a globe would be a great reminder that God's greatest gift was for the whole world. Do you think we could find other Christmas ornaments that would remind us that Christ came for the whole world? Maybe we should look in the box Mrs. Murphy left for us. Hey, there's a card with it. What does it say? In Ireland at Christmas time, the people decorate their homes inside and out with holly. The green leaves are reminders of God's never-ending love, and the red berries are a symbol of Christ's sacrifice. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete.
I didn't know we were being Irish when we put our holly wreath on the front door. Yeah, I thought I was only Irish on St. Patrick's Day. Many of our traditions started somewhere else a long time ago. But that's just another way Christmas connects us to the whole world. Now let's get back to the tree decorating. What else is in the box? It's a manger scene. The nativity scene is the center of Christmas celebrations in many countries. In Brazil, it is called Persepio. The elements of the Persepio illustrate the story of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. had so many names. Nativity and Presepio? That's cool. Our tree is starting to look pretty good, but we still got some bare spots. Get another ornament. It's a sheep. 
Wait, don't look at the card yet. Let me guess where it's from. Um, what countries have a lot of sheep? New Zealand, Australia. Oh, lots of places. But that doesn't have anything to do with Christmas. Okay, I give up. Read the card. In Mexico, pinatas are a part of many family celebrations, including Christmas. At Christmas time, the pinata is often in the form of a sheep. This is a reminder of the shepherds, who after seeing the angel and the heavenly hosts, went to see the baby Jesus. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. I like the idea of having a piñata at Christmas. Me too. We had one at my birthday party, so I think it would be great to have one when we celebrate Jesus' birthday. Do you think we could make a piñata later? Sure, but let's finish the tree first. It's a star. We always have a star on top of our tree. The star of Christmas announced the birth of a king to the wise men who traveled many miles to see him. The wise men were from Persia in the Middle East. 
After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born? King of the Jews. We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. ornament. Why? Because stars are always shining, always giving light. That's just like Jesus. His life and his love are always shining on us. Hey, there's just one more ornament in the box. What is it? It's a tiny Christmas tree. The Christmas tree has become a symbol of Christmas in many countries around the world. In China, it is called the Tree of Life and is decorated with paper chains and paper lanterns. Remember what Mrs. Murphy told us about China? She said that only a very small number of people in China are Christians. Those who love the Lord and celebrate his birth have to be brave. She said they're not afraid to worship the Lord. 
and they celebrate his birth with Christmas carols too. as my Savior. I'm so glad that I had the freedom to worship you. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Well, what do you think of our tree? Pretty cool, huh? It looks great, but we haven't come close to covering the whole world. We just mentioned a few countries. I've got an idea. Where's that box of flags we made during Missions Week? In the closet. I'll go get it. What are you thinking? Let's finish decorating the tree with the flags we made. We have one for almost every country. Now our tree will really show that Jesus came for the whole world. His love is for everyone.
The tree is finished, and we kept our promise to Mrs. Murphy. Do you think she'll like it? Yes, she'll like it, but I think she'll like what we learned a lot more. Christmas is a promise for the whole world. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Spend some time. Let me get my. There we go. I hope you'll spend some time looking at, at all who are involved with making this time of worship possible. Sorry about that. Uh, but the list of the jubilante and quintabile choirs, the puppeteers, parents. Uh, it's just been a wonderful blessing to be here each Monday afternoon uh, as they've been preparing for this time of worship. So uh, 
children, uh, we, are, we are blessed and uh, we are thankful for that all. As our choir returns to the choir loft, I will lead us in the sharing of the Old Testament lesson as it comes to us from the prophet Zephaniah, chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. First we pray. Lord, through all voices you make yourself known, through the voices of children, through the voices of all ages, through the prophets of those now with us and the prophets who have gone before us. Open our ears to hear your word, to be faithful in its proclamation and hearing, so that we may obey and prepare for the gift of your Son. Amen. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cast out your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear evil no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. I will remove disaster from you so that you will not, fear, will not bear reproach for it. Behold, at that time I will deal with all your oppressors, and I will save the lame and gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time I will bring you home at the time when I gather you together. Yea, I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. This is the word of our Lord.
Jim, and here he is. From the Gospel of Luke, the third chapter, verses 1 through 6, we hear of the ministry of John the Baptist. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Licinius, tetrarch of Abilene, in the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region about the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be brought low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways shall be made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This is the word of our Lord. Well, the children of this church are right, aren't they? All flesh shall see the glory of God. All flesh everywhere, all flesh around the world shall see the glory of God. All flesh, from Ireland to Spain to Brazil to Mexico to the Middle East to Asia, all flesh shall see the glory of God all flesh, even here in Martinsville. The children are right. They are more right than any of us know. Because a few years ago, I stood in the checkout line of a local grocery store. I was paying for my groceries when I happened to notice in line behind me a woman who looked as if she had had a long day was anxious to get home and to do as little as possible. She had set on the conveyor her groceries, a bag of grapes, a chocolate bar, and a tall can of beer. Seeing that I had noticed her groceries, she said to me, yeah, that's my comfort food for the evening. I responded, looks good to me. Well, as my groceries were being rung up, I began to experience what felt to me as a certain nudge. As I tried to discern what this nudge meant, I understood it saying to me, pay for her groceries. I was puzzled. I confess that was an unusual experience. I also confess it was a nudge I resisted, a nudge to which I did not give in right away. I questioned it. I found excuses to dismiss it. I thought it might disappear as quickly as it had appeared. Well, suppose she is offended. Maybe I will be crossing boundaries here. Suppose she misinterprets this offer to pay for her groceries the nudge again, pay for her groceries. Again, I hesitate. It's not as if this is a common occurrence, but it does not pass. 
not able to withstand this nudge any longer, I say to her, how about if I pay for your groceries? Are you serious? I'd be happy to. Well, that's the nicest thing anyone's done for me. Now again, it is not common in my faith experience to hear voices. And I'm not saying I heard voices in this checkout line. I cannot tell you what the voice of God sounds like. Still, I share this experience for no other reason than that I am convinced. I know something of the presence of God in that experience. A bag of grapes, a chocolate bar, and a tall can of beer, and a checkout line at a grocery store, yes. But also a place where I believe I was led by God to offer a tired woman at the end of her day a small measure of grace. Now, as for this woman, I do not know that I have seen her since. I do not know how well she remembers this encounter. I don't know if she told family or friends about a stranger paying for her groceries. I do not know if she asked herself, I wonder what inspired that man to pay for my groceries, that good-looking man. <laughs> now, if this woman, if she was to ask what it was that motivated me, what it was that inspired me to pay for her groceries, I'm not sure how I would have answered. I'm not always quick on my feet in conversation. I've been known to stammer and stutter and be somewhat clumsy when asked a question for which I am not prepared. Still, I'm hoping I would have spoken to her some appropriate words about wanting to be of help or wanting to be a good neighbor or wanting to brighten her day. But more than this, in spite of myself and any awkward attempt at conversation, I hope I would have been moved to bring the name of God into my answer. You see, had this woman asked, why did you do this for me? I hope I would have been moved to say something such as, God has been kind to me. God has been gracious to me. I just want to share the kindness and the grace of God with you. That's all. I hope my answer would have sounded something like that. Because the truth is, I don't know if this woman knows the good news telling us in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and on my men servants and my maid servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And I don't know if this woman knows the good news telling us that Jesus declares it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. 
I don't know if she knows the good news telling us that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I don't know if she knows the good news telling us that Jesus said, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men and all women to myself. I don't know if she knows the good news that in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. I don't know if she knows the good news that Jesus is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. I don't know if she knows that the dwelling of God is with men and women. I don't know if she knows this good news telling us all flesh shall see the salvation of God. There's also this. I don't know if this woman knows of the late 20th century poet, writer, Carl Sandburg. You see, Sandburg was once asked by a journalist, Mr. Sandburg, what is the ugliest word in the English language? Sandburg did not answer right away. He took his time, he thought it over at length posing the question to himself time and again, the, the ugliest word, the ugliest word. And finally, Sandberg answered, the ugliest word in the English language is exclusive. Exclusive. You see, what I hope this woman may have experienced in my purchase of her groceries is this. God is not exclusive. God excludes no one. God has nothing to do with the ugliness of exclusion. Has this word not made that clear? Has his behavior not made that clear? Has the voices of these children not made that clear? You see, the children of this church may know this better than us adults. They remind us, well, it is Christmas around the world. It is Christmas for all. This is my Father's world. It is not Christmas for but a few, not Christmas for those like us. It is Christmas for all, Christmas around God's world. Because we remember the gospel proclaimed this morning. We remember this good news shared just moments ago. And we heard how far-reaching, and we heard how universal the reach of the salvation of God. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough way shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. All flesh 
shall see. Even those who stand in checkout lines with their few groceries at the end of a long day. time to receive in the life of this church Stacy Humphreys and Simone. Stacy and Simone, I will invite you to come forward and I will invite us as this congregation of faith to share in receiving Stacy and Simone. This should be before us. It's also on page 38 in the front of our hymnals. Simone is third grader at Mount Olivet. Stacy is a pediatric nurse practitioner. So, and we are grateful they have shared in both services of worship. Uh, just welcome. We are so glad you are here. And it seems to be an especially joyous time to re receive you into membership of this church. And I will ask just a couple of questions of you. And then we as the congregation uh, will share in the commendation and welcome. Stacy, as a member of Christ Universal Church, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and to do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? If so, I will. And as a member of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, and your service? If so, I will. I will. Members of the household of God, I commend Stacy and Simone to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And the God of all grace, who has called us to eternal glory in Christ, establish you and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you may live in grace and peace. Amen. We do welcome Stacy and Simone, and especially at this time as we welcome one another as we pass the peace, I hope you will greet Stacy and Simone, and there's also a uh, new member package for you as well. So thank you. Let us rise and welcome one another. We've
may be seated. I'll invite our ushers to come forward at this time as we receive God's tithes and our offerings. Let us pray. Lord, you give to us your Son, you give to us the season of preparation, you give to us the good news that all shall see your salvation. We thank you and pray that these gifts returned unto you, that as they are in your care would accomplish great things for the gospel of Christ. Amen.
remain standing for our closing hymn. Chase, thank you for being with us in worship this morning. Thank you, Kim and Mary Ann. Thank you, children and parents and all who just made for a wonderful time of worship, remembering Christmas around the world. We go now in peace, remembering that we see the glory and the salvation of God in this place. And we know that as we go from this place, God keeps his promise that all shall see the salvation of God. 
Go now in peace in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.